Hey folks, it's Tomo, Sean, and Andrew from What's Going On Here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Decide. I forget what. How did he agree that they? Because she says he could do so much good. When did he like agree to do it? Well, after he kills uh, Mermaid, he goes back to her and is like, basically, he's like, okay, let's do this, right? right. Because I think he realized that he took that's, his that's right, he says, and killed his parents out of the world. He saw how much good could be done. That's like right. Because he says, "What's that?" They have like a montage where yes. it's like it. It seemed like he's almost like Spider Man. Like, yeah. yeah in the streets he's doing good and yes that's right because he kills a he kills a drug dealer he kills some random guy to like bites his leg off i don't know who that dude was supposed to be he looked like a pizza delivery guy um yeah yeah, yeah. because he she says um i don't know much about she finds out he's a priest and she says i don't know much about god and he says well i don't know about dinosaurs and they go into the montage and it's just kind of like <laughs> Okay, well, that's, that's a match made in heaven. Okay, yeah, all right. This sounds that was a great line. Yes. And then they show him with the montage, and this had me screaming, him working out. And obviously the actor who does it, he's a fit dude, and they show him rope, and he's lifting weights, and then they do a shot. And honest to God, I was just like, this is gold. I don't know who the fuck does, did this. But he's doing sit-ups, and he's behind a bench, and the shot is the camera's on the floor. So it's a workout bench. So there's, you can see underneath the platform of the bench and he's doing push-ups, I mean, uh, sit-ups. But as he's doing the sit-up, his legs aren't straight like when you do sit-ups. They're splayed butterfly fashion. So as he's doing the sit-ups, you're getting just crotch shot, like junk in the camera. And it was just like, and he's just like, ugh. Uh, and it's like crotch, crotch, crotch. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And and then they do the whole montage where they're on the park bench and he does the whole slick, uh, let me put my arm behind her. Right. Mm-hmm. I had really hoped, I really hoped we were going to get some part of the workout montage where it was just suddenly going to be like the dinosaur version of him working out. Dude. Like on a treadmill. If they showed the dinosaur just like squatting like 1,200 pounds or something, <laughs> yeah. that would have been awesome. Like just with like fake balloon, like yeah. that, that, yeah, that would have been fantastic. So, um, so, so then he goes back to Father Stewart and Father Stewart sees him with the girl and he's upset about her. He says, were you with that girl? And, and Father Doug says, her name is Carol. He gets all offended and she's a good person. He says, what does she do? She's a good person. It's like, oh, oh okay. Um, and then, uh, uh, he says, we have to, that's when, that's when Father Doug confesses to Father Stewart, isn't it? He tells him that he can like turn into a dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. 
there's there's yeah i think i think that's one that i'm not sure my, it gets okay, kind I of fuzzy i think yeah, that's because he doesn't father stewart doesn't like fully does he say dinosaur outright because father stewart is like yeah, he does, right? Doesn't Father Stewart say something like, there are no dinosaurs, you're possessed by a demon or something? You're something yeah. like that. Just, I'm going to the diocese and we're getting you exercised. Right. Right. So he does that. And um, he takes him. He says, I decided to, the exorcism is taking too long. Now, did the exorcism happen before or after the three ninjas came where the middle ninja was Australian? And then he's talking to the Chinese ninja, but he was reminiscing about his girlfriend and didn't pay any attention to the plan. I think that comes just after the exorcism. That comes just after the, the oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Because he turned into the, he went wandering off after the exorcism, that's right. So Father Stewart says, I'm taking matters into my own hands. We're gonna get you exercised. And they go basically into like a voodoo shop. And Father Doug says, this is just evil. And the guy walks out, and the guy is so schmaltzy. He is so cheesy. It, it's, he's literally like one of these guys that you see like on the boardwalk in Coney Island that tries to peddle you like fortunes or something, you know, yeah. literally that guy. Or like a guy you see at the mall who, it's not Halloween, but he's got those like vampire teeth in for some reason. <laughs> not the good, not like the people that have had their teeth teeth done i mean like the little plastic one you used to just yes just yeah. picture that guy yeah yeah, yeah. Conan, or Conan. yeah yes <laughs> and um so they set up this he says i haven't seen and i forget the character's name who's the exorcist uh because doug says we can't use evil to uh, he says oh no father stewart says sometimes you have to use evil to fight evil and, and and Doug says, yes, exactly. That's what I'm doing here. I'm using this to fight evil. He says, I'm ordained by God to do this. That's what Father Doug is saying. He's, he's getting like holier than thou at this point. And he says, no, no, we have to do this. And it's like, the guy's name was Old Tear. And the way he came out and the way he was laughing, it almost made me think that he, they alluded to like that he was maybe like Satan. Like it was one of those things like, um, Robert De Niro in, in, what was that movie with Lisa Bonet? Angel Heart. Angel Heart, right? Angel Heart, yes. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the, that he's just going to have, like, a the big cocaine pinky nail, and he's going to be Louis like... Louis Cipher, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Louis Cipher, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I get you some hard-boiled eggs? And, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, they go in, and he starts the exorcism part. And the priest and Father Stewart's job, for some reason, is to hold a tarot card like this and just kind of wave it in front of a candle. That's the talking job. <laughs> wait, wait. But is right before that, right? Isn't there, is it before this or just after this? When Father okay. Stewart's like, I haven't been here since the war. Yes, that, that's, yes. And we get the amazing flashback. I the haven't seen Central him Park since. Vietnam flashback, yeah. Central Park Vietnam flashback. And it was weird because he says, I haven't seen him since the war. And then they go and they show the father in a terrible blonde wig <laughs> with a really blonde mustache on. He's supposed to be a young guy. And I'm like, for a young soldier, he's got way too much fucking hair. For a <laughs> because his head was shaved before he got deployed to Vietnam. So, um, 
he's sitting there and he's uh, uh, talking some another army guy who's like higher than him because the army guy calls him sergeant. Is it so sergeant? You got somebody home with you? So this guy's got to either be a lieutenant or like a major or a captain because he's deferring to him. And I'm like, they don't make the wimpy guys that are pining for their girlfriends the sergeant. You know, the sergeant's supposed to lead the guys, not look at like a picture, which was great. They found a black and white picture of a middle-aged woman. It's like, oh, it's Adelaide. It was literally a middle-aged woman. He's like, I can't wait to get back to Adelaide. It's like, is this your grandma? Who the hell is this? So, so he's talking, he's like, yeah, when you come back, you, you make your kids. And when you do, you make them smile the way I'm smiling. And he gets shot. And you name one after me. That's right. Oh, yeah. Name one after I me. Thought, I thought the captain that was talking to Father Stewart was actually the exorcist dude. <laughs> yeah, me Why? too. Because it made it made no. It, it was the only connection to this flashback was him. He's like, you're right. The flashback him. makes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is how he met the guy. And right. you're like, oh no, he's not. No, this is just right. So, oh. so my brain went when he got shot. Like, oh, Father Stewart is going to find like the box of taros and revive him from the dead, and he's going to be imbued with evil now for the rest of his life. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm thinking way too logically and too many layers that I'm thinking about here. Right. I also love how when that guy got shot, he gets shot and his head gets blown off forever, but he's still puffing the cigarette on the ground when he's dead. <laughs> like his, I, I was watching and I literally yelled at the screen, he's puffing the cigarette, he's still alive, he's puffing this, this cigarette. But uh, anyway, yeah. it's a funny so, thing. So he, Father Stewart is all upset and I guess the lieutenant or whatever he is just got to kind of throw it in the garbage bag because he's not there anymore. And Father Stewart is leaning up against their, like, base, which looks like an old, like, like tool shed in Central yeah. Park. Yes, yeah, it looks with like. With graffiti on it. Right. And he's just sitting there, and he's still covered in blood. And it's like, dude, you could at least freaking pour a cup of water over your face and kind of smear it or something, you know, so the flies aren't landing on your face and just licking you all day. And then Adelaide shows up in the forest in Vietnam. Yeah, straight out of the Grapes of Wrath, Adelaide comes running in. Like. And, she's, and she's literally, and then you see her running, and you're like, this woman's 52 if she's a day old. I mean, no way, she's not. <laughs> she just isn't. And he's all happy because somehow Adelaide magically appeared in the Vietnamese jungle. <laughs> and she comes running towards him, and right before she hugs him, she, there's an explosion, and they throw, like, 20 gallons of fake blood all over Stuart. She just literally, like, evaporates, evaporates. into just blood and guts. Yeah, she steps on a landmine that somehow doesn't affect him, despite the fact that it's right in front of him when she stands on it. <laughs> and, and then my favorite part is the other two soldiers that are sitting there, and one oh. Over and he might have been holding a beer too. He was like, "Oh wow, she must have found one of those like old Vietnam, but not mines there." That's <laughs> she didn't stand a chance. Yeah, she's too far gone. He says, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. not, much, "Not much we can do for her." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so then they go back. They go back to the to the seance. <laughs> 
And once his face starts transforming, and he says, what are you feeling? He says, I'm feeling really anxious. And the, the, the exorcist guy says, that's normal. What else are you feeling? He's not feeling hot. Yeah, that's normal too. What else are you feeling? And it's literally one of these like psychic people that you go in and pay 20 bucks and people believe what they tell you, you know, kind of stuff. And then he starts like transforming. And uh, Father Stewart says, Doug, Doug, are you okay? And Doug trans is already, his hand is transformed or was it full? I think they were insinuating the full body transformed. No, he was like his eyes had gone and his face and he had sharp teeth, but he wasn't. And then just. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he reaches over with the dinosaur claw and like pulls out Father Stewart's eye. Plucks yeah. his eye out very daintily. Like, <laughs> very daintily. Like, I'll just take that from you. <laughs> and of course, they draw out the string. So it's kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> pulling it all the way across the screen. And, and then the exorcist says, and this is, again, one of those choices that I was like, uh, maybe you shouldn't have edited this shot in, where he says, what have we done? I've released the hounds of hell. Ha, 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 ha. And he just starts laughing. <laughs> I, I mean, if this was supposed to be, and, and, and like you said, I watch these things with an actor brain. And so I'm trying to find the logical reason for these things. It's like, oh, is he supposed to be descending into madness? That must be what it is. Or is it just like really schmaltzy laughing? I don't know. <laughs> so this is where the Velocipastor is in the park. He comes across three ninjas. So there's two uh, uh, Asian ninjas and a tall, very obviously white ninja. And he's got an Australian accent. He's all right. Crikey, it's the, it's the Dragon Warrior. This is what we're going to do. And he sounds like Steve Irwin. And he's going to say, Rob, you go over there. And then the guy next to him is just reminiscing about his girl and his shots of her face. And he says, this is, and we're just getting the subtitles. He's talking in Mandarin. And this is how she told me I would die. <laughs> I always knew this was where I was going to die at a moment like this. And then they come back and he's in his thoughts. And dude says, you got all this? All right, great job, Quentin. You're always paying attention. And then, of course, the Velocipastor tears them all up. Then we go to... Uh, I'm trying to think. He goes back to her at, at one point. When do we get the sex scene? Yeah, he goes back to Carol after he kills the, the seance, I thought. And there's just yes. that, like... Passionate sex scene. Passionate yeah, sex scene, which rock music. The poem yeah, again, yeah. the surfer rock music. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's like, uh, what? What's what's going on here? And they kept doing the the hands, yeah. like passion. And all the undressing, and it's kind of like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the shots of just like just right the hands, hands, like coming in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at no point, though, I mean. It, no point does 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 anyone is there any nudity any real no nudity? and you know what perfect because you yeah. know, with those things you don't really need it you show a shoulder and or, or maybe a upper thigh and that's all you need to see honestly it's it's you don't need to you know it doesn't have to be sea of love uh, with with al pacino you know it doesn't have to be that. Yes, unless he happened to be in full raptor mode and then i do need to see a full oh, for sure <laughs> Of, of course. 
See, I, I genuinely thought, or I was wondering, because you, we, it was leading up to a sex scene. Like, we knew that for sure. But I was like, part of, my, part of me was wondering, were they just going to, like, go in and just have, like, basically, like, just go, like, full porn for, like, a minute? Yeah, I was. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been surprised if that's what this movie did. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. I, it did. If 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 uh, she was more sluttily dressed in the initial scenes when she was introduced, because honestly, there was nothing scandalous about the way she was dressed. It's like you're a very modest prostitute if you're a prostitute, like the way she was dressed, kind of. And if the the uh, Asian girl that got shot through the chest with the arrow, she would have fallen down and like a boob would have fallen out. <laughs> then I was like, yes, they're going full porn. Cause you know, that's that old, like when you watch these old eighties movies like Porky's or whatever, any chance you get to throw a boob in, they're throwing a boob in. It's like I'm at the library and the librarian is hot. She's 58, but she's got giant cans and let's see her tits. Okay, great, let's do that. Have you guys it's, ever seen uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when they do, um, when they do their version of Lethal Weapon and Frank like insists on having a sex scene. And it's just like, <laughs> have you guys seen this? No, I have not. Yeah. <laughs> you have to check it out. But I was expecting maybe something like that, but. Right, no, but, but they didn't. It was, it was tastefully done, actually. Yeah, it was. Doesn't he reminisce now too about his dad or something? Or, or did that Oh come yeah, from? what point did that happen? Right That's when a good flashback point. of them all laughing together at the kitchen table, and then yes, yes, I think dropped yes, off at priest college. Drops him off at priest college. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but Love that's you, all, son. I, I just wanted to highlight that he dropped him off at priest college. We don't need to go back <laughs> to that. <laughs> well, he says he, he he says I love you. You're my only son. Your mom and I will pick you up after priest college. After priest college. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Four years? How long is priest college? <laughs> right. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But oh, man. you're right. So they have the flashback and then they show um our bad guy. We've seen actually we missed a couple of spots where we find out who the bad guy is. And the bad guy is a bunch of we find out Christian ninjas led by Wei Chan. And he has a white ninja that's his second in command, a blonde dude who doesn't speak Mandarin but fully understands Mandarin as Wei Chan is speaking to. There's there's and one there's one guy and I can't remember which scene it was and then I heard it and I was like, Is that a joke? That's pretty. I like that joke. Is it a joke? Where there's one ninja dude whose name is Chi Pin, Chi Pin, Chi Pin. And the only reason I got it is because they're all talking and then the guy turns around and is like, you got anything to say, Chipin? <laughs> no, I didn't catch that. <laughs> no. <laughs> good. I, miss, I definitely missed that one. I missed that one, but that is a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It goes right along with the racist, oh, what did that Chinese say? So uh -huh. It goes right along with that. Also, we're at the point in the movie now where the plot just sort of completely falls off the rails. Like, at least in their world, I'm not going to say it makes sense, but I was following it until, like, the first killing of the three ninjas, and then it was just kind of like... Yeah, they, they went... Oh, 
they went full Spanish telenovela. It was just like, there was, all of a sudden it was just like, remember me, your brother? Like what? Wait, wait, who? First of all, the priest was alive. You thought he died. And Wei Chen revived the priest and saved them. And, he, and that's, this is where you find out that they're Christian ninjas, but they have some cocaine that's seven times more addictive than regular cocaine. And they're gonna flood the city with the cocaine. And then, all the, and then they're gonna take the cocaine away and there's going to be all these dependent people that are going to look for help, and they can go to churches for help. And that's how they're helping out the churches. Around at that point where they're doing like, we've got this great idea, we're going to get cocaine, but we're going to make it even more addicted, and that's what's going to really get them. And with someone to put their hand up and be like, why don't we just use heroin? Yeah. <laughs> so, what? It also, that scene, uh, that scene also includes another one of my favorite exchanges in the movie, which is when the priest says, what does drug smuggling have to do with Christianity? And the white ninja says, everything, like in the most <laughs> earnest way possible. <laughs> you know what, that, oh, you know what, been, that would have been the perfect, the perfect follow-up for that would have been if Shane O'Connor walked in and just tore the picture of the Pope right there and then walked that fucking out. That would have like the best part. Oh. So yes, that's right. So he says, the priest doesn't want to go with them. And then Wei Chan just like stabs the priest to death. Yep. And, and Sam, the white ninja, is holding the map that they had, which was hilarious how they were going to distribute cocaine around the city because it's a fucking parchment map with big like wax X's and little like treasure map trails on it. It's like, you couldn't have bought a map like at the deli? I mean, really? Yeah. And and then as a priest dies, the map catches fire. That's the best part. It's like the map caught fire. It was like, huh. So there is divine intervention in this movie. Okay. All right. Whatever. And it didn't catch fire very well though, because it the way he reacted, it was like, oh, it just like started to engulf in flames and it was gonna go up really quickly. But there was a weirdly long shot of it burning yes. because the director had spent so much time spraying it with deodorant or whatever to try and get something to set on fire that they were like, no, we have to watch the fire. And you can see that something's burning, like the deodorant or the, the, the alcohol, whatever you throw on, but it's not really the paper. There's like a bit in the corner that's burnt, but it's just the flames on the... You, you can see that if you'd hold for two seconds longer, it would just burn out and the map would... I'll, I'll tell you exactly what was on this quote-unquote parchment paper. He went to Costco, bought a thing of sterno, and just put some sterno on the thing and lit it and added a little bit of like oil or gas to turn the flame yellow instead of blue like sterno does it. That, that, that's what happened. Yeah, it was. Sorry. And then from there on, Father Doug is dressed in leather for some reason. Now, <laughs> Danny Zuko. I don't know how that happened. And, uh, and what's her face? Oh, and she already said, like, that's right. Right after they had sex. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They get attacked <laughs> first thing in the morning by ninjas. So we missed a part. That's right. They got jumped by ninjas, and we find out our prostitute, Carol, kicks ass. Yeah. She that's fight. right. That's right. The two of them, collectively, without him turning into a dinosaur, we should clarify, yes. take out all of these supposedly well-trained ninjas. Ninjas, yes. Own, with their bare hands. Yes, and, and he's doing like martial arts stances. And it's like, wow, okay, yeah, you really like did a lot of freaking exercising before you got laid by Carol, didn't you? I mean, it's like really 
the ninjas the, the ninjas all jump through there's like three windows or two windows and the ninjas simultaneously all jump through the windows at the same time quite impressively like a bit yes. of activism. they're like they got like parkour dudes to do this move jump through <laughs> the windows like to surprise them all simultaneously like yeah we're gonna get him but what they do is they jump in and then all just stand at the other end of the room like why did you why did you need to yeah. surprise them like you were gonna attack them you just went ha ah! basically Carolyn Doug are in like the bed like <laughs> what what are you guys no like trying to grab something and hit them they kicked their asses so how do they know you're here they must have followed me okay and this is where they dress up into the leathers and the final showdown is happening they go confront the ninjas and that's where you find out sam the white ninja is doug's brother so which who cares like it doesn't matter like <laughs> right. <laughs> right at this point cares nobody cares <laughs> i love then they cut back to those flashbacks of the like of the family time with them all laughing at the table and then it just pans over and he's just there like in the kitchen alone while they're like at the table laughing and then it shows when they drop him off at priest college and he just like pops up from the trunk <laughs> and it shows the dad again be like you're my only son take yeah. it after priest college and then he just pops up <laughs> and then my favorite exchange happens sam the ninja says you don't remember remember me do you ha <laughs> ha and he pulls, he has a handkerchief basically across his face and pulls down, it's me. And Doug goes, Sam? <laughs> yes. And, and they basically exchange a few threatening barbs and Sam says, but has a sword, that very un-ninja looking sword, I might add, does not look like a katana at all. Looks like something from like a, a Dungeons and Dragons like cosplay or something. Yeah. And he says, I will not soil the sword of my ancestors with your blood. And he throws the sword down, but it's such a bad job that instead of like standing up like this into the ground, it's literally like at an angle. It's just like almost touching the ground. Another shot of that, you know. <laughs> I was like, come on. There would be like two more shots you would have gotten this, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> they start fighting. And, and the best part, when they come to confront everybody, the priest has a pair of nunchucks. <laughs> did you notice that? It's like, he has nunchucks. And I'm like, when did he train with nunchucks? I don't, did a dinosaur like know how to use nunchucks? I, I don't understand that reference. And Carol is dressed in like a onesie. No, she, a jumpsuit type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they changed at some point to a more tactical, like he, because he changed his jacket as well. It's like they, at some point, they, because he got the whole thing putting lenses in, he made a whole point of putting his jacket on. And there's a shot where the director's going, that is a really cool leather jacket that I bought. It looks so badass. And I was thinking, as a proud leather jacket owner, I'm like, that's a nice leather jacket. And then <laughs> he's in the field and it's not a leather jacket. Like, it, <laughs> it looks like a leather jacket. Because either they were like, we can't get that leather jacket dirty because oh. we never lent it to us. Or they realized he couldn't move in it because it was like a leather jacket. One or the other, yeah. He just has like a pleather like 
faux leather jacket for the fighting that's not one one there was all the moving which i have to say for for the crew that they had they're all tumbling very nicely i gave them i, I gave them points for that i was like that was a nice tumble that was a nice roll like they were like they definitely had a stunt coordinator kind yeah, of yeah like, no the the this fight scene was like the best part of the movie for sure like i was i was legitimately impressed with the stage combat here I was yeah, like, yeah yeah absolutely well, well done guys and and um, with reference to the leather jacket, they were spraying blood. They're not getting that on the leather. <laughs> no, that was like a that was like a members only like thing that somebody found that like at the Goodwill store or something. It was just like no no no, we're not we're not getting this thing sprayed with. So Sam faces off with his brother, and they threaten to kill each other. And they go fighting, and the two of them are having a duel. Carol is taking on 12 ninjas by herself. And she's beating them silly, like literally. Like they come in and she's doing the like, whoop, 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 you know, and just like, she turns into the matrix and she's just like taking aims and kicking ass. She's, the, she's going nuts, beating everybody up. Um, <laughs> and then the editing on this was so great. Um, Doug, the priest says to Sam, Oh no, first he, he goes, he basically pulls a Luke Skywalker. The sword all of a sudden flies into Doug's hand and he says, your ancestors are my ancestors too. And I was kind of like, what the fuck? Why is this even a thing? What's, what's happening here? And what magic happened all of a sudden? It's just like, what, what's going on? And he literally just like stabs Sam Forever. It's like a 30-second montage. It looked like something out of Dragon Ball Z, where you know, like remember Dragon Ball Z, they like do the fight scenes and it was literally four scenes that were shown and then they'd go to commercial break because the whole fucking thing took 15 minutes. It's like one reason why I could never watch the cartoon. Because it's like, is anything gonna happen? Or are they just gonna scream and like be in, in midair for like 15 minutes? It was that. At this point, Carol like beat, like I said, 12 ninjas. And there's one ninja left, and it's, it's a black dude, and he's looking kind of panicky. And he calls over, and a really tall dude comes in. And he pulls out a sword, and he puts it across his back, like he's like Conan the Barbarian. And she looks a little worried. And then he cuts her across her chest. And she drops. And Doug goes, oh, Carol! And he turns around and looks at her. So basically, what the... Uh, what they're alluding to here is that Carol's fight with all these ninjas took as long as his fight with his brother did. So she dispatched 12 ninjas while it took him like, you know, the time to kill his brother. He actually, his, she, she kills all her 12 ninjas and then he fights because there's a weird, there's a, a bit where it's focused on him and you see her and I was like, what's she doing? She just did all this crazy Oh yeah, she's just like standing <laughs> in the background. Yeah, she's just like Street Fighter. She's yeah. like, how did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> like player two ready to join the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. What were the characters in Street Fighter? Wasn't it Chun Lee was one of the characters? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, so was there a Carol? It wasn't a Carol, was it? No. no. All right. So, um, <laughs> cut down. He goes running over to save her. Um, 
he goes full dinosaur and just starts killing all the other ninjas that she just beat the shit out of. So he's going crazy. He's basically ripping them to bits. There's an arm here and there's like blood splattering on these tents that are somewhere in Central Park. And uh, effective when he's in a full body shot, he's not as aggressive and effective. It literally was like a dude hobbling around in this giant thing and the guys that were ninjas were like jumping and doing flips over him it literally looked like it it that part of the movie looked like nothing was planned and they were just like just fucking go and everybody was just kind of running around and he was just kind of bumping into who he could and then they were jumping back and there's one point where he gets like top somebody runs into him and he just falls over and he's like struggling to get himself back up in the dinosaur suit Someone just kicks him in the side at one point. They're like, Dude, I'm not just going to stand there and not fight like in those stupid movies. No, I'm going to do something. Just like kicks him in the side. <laughs> what I didn't understand in the full whole, in the whole dinosaur costume was like, why was there a big square hump on his yeah, back? Yeah, why do you have a hump in his back? I don't, I don't understand that. It's like, was that a contraption? Was that like just like a big air, air conditioner unit to keep him cool? <laughs> I think his head. Yeah, I think that was his head. That was his head. Uh, and the rest was kind of just swinging around like here. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> Are you okay? That's my theory. That's my theory, honestly. Oh, it is. Oh, man. <laughs> Are you picturing somebody with an air conditioner on their back, Andrew? <laughs> so. So our main bad guy, and what was his, what was the character's name? Lei Lei Chi, was it? No, Wei Chang. Wei Chang. Chang, Thank you. Comes out with an arrow and shoots Doug in the leg, and they do this weird edit where they show like like film in a projector, like where it freezes, like you sort of frame by frame, and basically, I guess that's supposed to be the transformation, and Doug gets shot in the leg. And he starts telling him that there used to be thousands of lizard warriors that ran around China, but we figured out an antidote and we took care of them all. And he turns back into a human. Right. Doug turns back into a human and (laughs) he keeps on. And this was like a weird trope that they had where Sam the White Ninja would do the stupid laugh that was supposed to be intimidating but funny at the same time. And it ended up being neither of those. It was just horrible. He just looked. He looked like one of these like mental patients that like sometimes you see on the subway that just start howling for no reason. It was just like, yeah, <laughs> just uncomfortable. I don't know why you're doing this. There's no reason for this. So, um, so the the main guy Wei Chen comes and starts just poking him in the arrow and laughing and being sadistic. And Doug says, "Well, my hands must be <laughs> immune." And no one you see the two like. Dinosaur Looks claws. Like my hands are still immune. Yeah, yeah. And the dinosaur claws come out of nowhere. And, and he just basically like grabs Wei Chen by the neck and he pulls the head off the body. <laughs> it's a plastic doll head. And it's really badly in a very racist way done where they gave him bushy eyebrows and this Fu Manchu beard. It was, it was awful. It's just like really terrible. And then he throws it down and there's blood everywhere. And he's standing there in his like anger, victory soaked in blood. And then finally his rage subsides a little bit. He goes, oh, Carol. And then he runs over to Carol and, and picks her up. And she's basically spitting up blood and she says, it's too late. 
And then you see Doug like in a hospital and a doctor comes out and he's just like, well, she'll be fine. We'll rescue her. He's oh, and the doctor sits down and he has one of those old uh, reflectors. <laughs> it's like in front of down. his, it's like falling down in front of his yes. face. <laughs> when he sits down, it falls down over his eyes and he picks it up. And there's an ashtray in the doctor's office waiting room. Yeah. <laughs> and he finds a half-smoked cigarette in the doctor's office in the waiting room that he lights up. And he's like, yeah, she's going to be just fine. Yeah, it becomes sane elsewhere. They're smoking in the hospital all of a sudden. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, yes. guy, the guy playing the doctor was clearly had never acted before. Yeah, very much so. If you rewatch that scene, he literally like looks away from the camera because he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> oh yeah, he's so thrilled to be in that he scene. Totally oh yeah. She, oh right, I have to do that ashtray thing here. Yeah, yeah, she'll be fine. And like, yeah, he's like looking away. It's yeah, he totally was just like. Doug leaves, and there's an elongated. The camera sits with the doctor, where he just has to know how pleased he is with he's saved there. He just sits there, and he goes. <sighs> that scene in particular reminds me of the room when they're all having the bachelor party, and they're playing football. It's just, oh, what are you, chicken? It's like that was the same kind of like mood I had from that. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? I, I don't... That, yeah, that guy, it, like you said, he obviously hasn't acted. He must be the friend of the director or whatever. Because yeah. that's what makes the room great. It's because the room is full of those actors. Right. They don't know what they're doing. No. Like, trying to just right. do what the director's told them to do. Yes. Whereas this film has a bunch of... It's, it's actual actors and they're like, they know that it's bullshit and they're like playing right. out. With more of those people, it would have been brilliant. Yes. Yes. Trying not to. <laughs> right. Yeah. If he just like grabbed a bunch of freaking kids from, like I said, if he just walked by a frat house and said, "Hey guys, I'm shooting a movie. Who wants to be a ninja?" That would have been just like brilliant. Oh yeah. And that was that's pretty much the movie. It was an hour and ten minutes. Well, no, but then he goes in and sees Carol. Right. Right. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. Fine. He's Carol, and there's this terrible elongated thing where she literally like. Sits up in bed. It takes like 15 seconds. She's like. <laughs> and she goes to whisper something in his ear. And she's and you're like, oh, she's going to say she's pregnant with this kid right, or something. Right, right, right. But she doesn't do that. She goes, I'm fine. And then a title card flashes, she's fine on the screen in like giant yellow letters. So anyways, I just wanted to add that. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. That was a key component because I actually thought the way she had the towel up that we were going to have to see like a dinosaur hand. <laughs> right. Like I was going to like, oh, she transformed too now. I, I, but you're right. And, and I, I thought, oh, she's pregnant. I'm fine. Like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think they said it like three times, didn't they? Or like she said it to him and then she like pulls him in close and then she whispers it to him and then the thing comes up on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. And I then mean, uh, and then you got the, the ending scene where they're like in front of the car and he's got the leather jacket and he's smoking the cigarette. He denounced for the priesthood and they're right. like, what are they gonna travel the world and fight crime together? And battle yeah. evil, yeah. 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 What an ending. That's the last pastor. An hour and ten minutes of fun, kids. You know, 
It, it really, it really was. I think if I had like three beers, that would have been like the best movie ever. Oh yeah. It was just so stupid. It was just like unbelievably stupid. And honestly, it, it listen, it probably achieved what it set out to do because you're right. If I'm ever like with a group of friends and like three or four beers in, I'll probably say, let's watch the first 10 minutes of this, of this movie, you know? <laughs> so I'm sure that was the goal, you know? So the whole, I, I was reading up on it cause I was looking and it, it said that it was like, he was a film student at, um, I don't know if it was Tish or not Tish, the other one in Manhattan and, uh, he gets to do a show. Um, he was the visual arts school, of visual arts. Yeah. 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 yeah, he and he had to do they had to make some short stuff for like a project, and he put together like a grindhouse trailer thing, like Tarantino, and that was one of the trailers was Velocipaster. Um and he got the idea for it for, from um, a text message. It's it said in the thing it, it predictive text. He went to write Velociraptor and spelt it like wrong. And the phone came up thinking he was trying to type Veloc Velocipasta. And that was the whole idea. He was like, Velocipasta. <laughs> That's it. It's wow. Is that it? Yeah. Apparently that was the whole idea for everything came from just the That's brilliant. Uh, That's brilliant. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? Genius, yeah. Yeah. I gotta try that sometime. Yeah. Yeah. And my next my next uh, autocorrect. My nice. next bizarre autocorrect is gonna be my next uh, next screenplay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fine. All right. So before we do our conclusion of Velocipaster and our thoughts on Velocipaster, shall we grade our beer, gents? Matt, you had the Guinness, I'm assuming. I'm going to say thank you, Guinness, A plus as usual. Thank you so much. There you go. Thumbs up for the Guinness. Um, so we have, we were reviewing the Summer Ale by Blue Point Brewing Company out of Patch Oak, New York, in Merrimack, New Hampshire. It's a 4.5% um, ABV ale with 19 IBUs. Jens, who wants to go first? Okay, don't everybody jump at once. <laughs> I can go. Okay, thank um, you. Yeah, I, uh, again, shout out to the can because it is a really yeah. cool, it was a really cool look and design. Um, I've had a couple of blue points. I can't remember which ones off the top of my head, but I always seem to like them. So it's a good brewery. Uh, you know, I definitely enjoy a lot of what they do. Um, this, honestly, on first sip, I thought maybe I was drinking like a Budweiser or, or something like that, like just so your plain kind of mm -hmm. lager type of beer. Um, it probably has a little bit more going on. Like I'm sure if you had them side to side, you would take this over like the Budweiser. Yeah. Um, but all in all, like, like you said, right when we started Tomo, like it, it really tasted, uh, tastes a lot more like just like a more traditional kind of plain lager than, uh, than an ale. Um, yeah. you know, almost like a, almost like a Pilsner, right? Maybe. I don't know. Is Pilsner considered an ale or is that considered... No, Pilsner is own thing. Category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I could definitely see, like, outside on a hot summer's day, this being good because it's not heavy. Like, you know, a lot of the really good IPAs that we've had before that we all like, I still wouldn't necessarily want those if I'm sitting out on a hot, hot summer's day, you know, because it's just, there's a lot going on. They're very heavy. 
um, and some they're very bitter. This isn't any of that, you know, so it's very refreshing. So I can see why it's good summer beer. Um, you know, if I was sitting outside on a hot day, I'd have a few of these. I think it would be, uh, you know, cool you off and refreshing, all that. But yeah, overall, it's just, it's, it's nothing terribly special, especially for like a craft beer. Um, so yeah, so grading. Uh, and this might be a little high, but. I guess I give it a three. Okay. Okay. Just a, a three point oh. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Sean, you want to go next, or you want me to go? Uh, yeah, no, I'll go. It was. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's this is it, like the can is the best thing about it. It. it <laughs> I have plenty of people I know, usually older relatives or people that don't drink craft beer. They only drink fucking PBR and whatever. It, if ever I wanted to like trick them or convert them and bring this along and be like try this craft beer right all right be like this is pretty good craft beer like yeah look at me i'm drinking a craft beer yeah like if you wanted to if you wanted to look like you were cool bringing a cool beer but actually wanted to bring a beer that was successful and that would people drink because unlike what I usually do whenever I drink, I'm the only one drinking the beer I drink because no one wants to fucking drink any good beer. Um, then I bring this and I can because I have uh, 17 more cans of it. <laughs> a little bit bitter about that curbside pickup still. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know. I give it a... I give it, I, it for what it is. It's successful. Like you know, I don't drink that much lager anymore. I used to drink Bud, you know, when I lived in England, um, because Bud. I preferred Bud to a lot of the real ales in England. Like I, I just still don't like it. A lot of the real ales, I just can't do. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely better than that. I give it a three point two. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I actually. Um, a little bit disappointed in the beer because, like you said, Andrew, I've had quite a few. Um, or I should say I've had a few uh, uh, different beers from Blue Point. Yeah, always really good. I had um, their Blue Point Toasted Lager. Actually, is a great one. It's a very nice beer and a lot more flavorful than this one. Again, it's a lager as opposed to an ale, and, and particularly a summer ale. And I've had their it's I think it's called Winter Ale, Blue Point Winter Ale, which one time I was at uh, Pioneers in the city and I asked for, I think, Sam Adams Winter Ale and they gave me Blue Point. And at first, like, I took a sip and I was like, whoa, this is really, and I was like, hey, you got my beer wrong. And then I was like, wait, I don't care. No, this is really nice. And I remember thinking this was a really nice beer. So when I tried this, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, this is a nice regular beer. You know, we go to our old trope of uh, if you were at a barbecue and this was all they had, would you be okay with that? And I probably would be. I probably wouldn't be, you know, uh, going crazy with the beer. But I'd happily have three or four of these at a barbecue and, and you know, call it a day. Um, but in terms of that, I, I'm kind of with you guys. It's um, There's not a whole lot going on, but it's not bad, hmm. if you know what I mean. Um, we've had some beers that they don't have a whole lot going on, but except for in the other direction where it's just like, what the hell is this? This 
you know, it tastes like somebody put a broom in it. It, it, it's just weird stuff. So, um, I, I, I'd go, I'd go 3.0 on this as well. It's like I said, it's, it's an average beer. Yeah. In my opinion. Agreed. All right. So now for Velocipastor, we broke it down. We, uh, uh, examined it. We digested it. We enjoyed it. Are there any final words for Velocipastor? Oh, so much that we could say. Uh, I thought we were going to do the traditional what's going on here thing. Sure. Uh, what's but going on well, not, I mean, but no, we know no. now because Sean told us. Here's what, what's going on was the autocorrect thing. Oh, like that. Well, take it into what's going on different direction. What's going on with the future of the film? What's going on? Oh, let, me, let me see if I can find that. Hang on. Give me, okay. give me one second. I saw this earlier. There was also a tagline. I guess this is my final word. I read a tagline today that was like, welcome to the Christaceous period. <laughs> so, that's, that's my final word on that uh, from the filmmakers themselves. Uh, welcome. Wow. Well, the actual Jesus. You can have Jesus like, like a Jesus dinosaur. Like he comes back. As everyone says he's going to, but as a dinosaur. Dinosaur, yes. Right. But that baby's already kind. <laughs> you know, because he's Jesus. So he, he'd come back as a brontosaurus because he doesn't eat meat. I'd be like, a, it's like a King Kong story where they're trying to persecute him and trying to bring him down. He's just trying to, like, you know, do good and just chill in the forest. Yeah. You have like a rabbi. That's like a rabbit. I don't know. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready to hear this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're awaiting you in the Christaceous period. Go ahead. <laughs> Micro-budget viral hit the Velocipastor to get LGBTQ plus vampire horror sequel. There's an article in The Hollywood Reporter. I cannot wait. Um, the the $35,000 comedy horror about a shape-shifting priest who teams with a prostitute to fight drug-dealing ninjas is also to become a three-part franchise and will be getting a relatively monster-sized budget hike for its Australia-set follow-up, Outback Dracula. Okay. By Australia, they mean Prospect Park. So we'll see you yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a slow clap for the camera here. Just I'm standing up and doing a slow clap. Just, wow. That is... Can't you wait. Can't Dude, wait. They're going to have to get Tim Curry to play the vampire. <laughs> well, RuPaul from Sound of It, Dracula. That's what it'd be. RuPaul would be a fantastic as a Dracula. Yeah, or Billy Porter. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Billy Eichner. <laughs> Billy Eichner in this movie would be just genius. <laughs> genius. Genius. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. As I'm reading on, the film is not called The Velocipastor 2, but it, and it doesn't have a pun in its title. Also, it doesn't even feature dinosaurs. 
but it is thankfully just as far-fetched. Outback Dracula, which the filmmaker says is a spiritual sequel to the Velocipaster, shifts mm -hmm. the madness to the 1880s, to 1880s Australia, where a psychic lesbian school teacher teams up with the world's greatest adventurer to find her missing girlfriend and to defeat Dracula and his golden army of the undead. I can't wait. That is, that, you know what he's doing? He's doing, he's doing the Tarantino Rodriguez grindhouse. Yep. Series. That, that's, yeah, basically. I do hope someday we get to see where, um, where the Velocipaster is, where his adventures take him. Yeah. Me too. The, the Catholic Church, they're probably, he's probably, they've covered him up. He's probably just like, he's in a parish in like Philadelphia somewhere laying low. Then if you ask too many questions, they'd be like, no, he retired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, what did you do? It's like, I turned into a dinosaur and ate people. And they're like, oh, that's not even a problem. We've dealt wait, with wait, 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 wait. Did you Fuck. eat people on Friday? Because if you ate the people on Friday, you're fucked. So we're clear. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Like, today is what's going on here. So I'm trying to think what would be a direction to go what's going on here. What's going on here? All right. You know what? Let's do what's going on here with the various characters. Pick a character and tell us what's going on there. Whether you want to see a prequel, sequel, further exploration of the character. Well, I'd love to see further exploration of Sam because it was like kind of this guy, he was supposed to be the villain and yet he was treated so horribly growing up and then killed with no connection to his brother. His brother didn't even like go to his side as he was dying. He just killed yeah. him and was like, I didn't want you in my life. That guy really got a tough break. So I'd, I'd like to see more of him, but anyways. Okay, all right. Maybe, maybe that would be good to see uh a side prequel, almost like the um, uh, the Rogue One sort of situation about the how all the hard work that was done to get to there, but it's the uh, girlfriend getting to Vietnam. <laughs> yes. yeah. All the stuff we don't see before she's just yes. it like Rogue One. It'd be this big movie of how she managed to get to Vietnam, and it just ends with just like rest of the movie that's that's brilliant because it could show like she had to sell herself to get like passage to there and that's why she looks so old and, and like all of that i mean that's that's great i like that oh yeah i i i'm going for the easy one i'm going for the low-hanging fruit i want more frankie mermaid man i want more frankie mermaid i want a prequel of frankie mermaid um It'd be great if Mermaid was his actual real name and it's just like a perversion of some Slavic name, but like, you know, that's why. Instead of just like he's swimming in bitches, his real name is like Mamaid or something like that. And it's like this, he's like police turn from Lebanon. It's Frankie Mermaid and have some holes and, and, and just that. But I'd love to see more about Frankie Mermaid. Andrew? Frankie Mermaid is definitely an obvious. I'm with you 100% that I'd like to see that. But otherwise, what was um, what was the name of the 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 other priest? His like mentor priest, uh, Father Stewart. Father Stewart. I would like to see the story uh, uh, of him after his wife explodes on him and as he becomes a priest, because I think this is how I took it. 
when he said, when they were at the exorcist place and he said, I haven't been here since the war, I assumed he went there. Like that was the first place he went when he came home from the war. So I'm wondering, did he, was there, did someone have to try and exercise him because of his turmoil after the war? And that then led him down, down the path to priesthood. Sounds like an interesting tale. Maybe he was like a were tortoise or something first. Oh. <laughs> no, no, okay. Just that took me I didn't know. What, I was like, well, what's a what? A were tortoise. I'm just trying to help your story here, man. Don't fucking get mad at me. All right, <laughs> all right. Folks. Well, there we go. There we have it. Um, wow, we we took for a long time, so we might have to split this one into two episodes. So uh, um, we took for longer than the movie. Yeah, <laughs> a lot longer than the movie. Yes. <laughs> So there we go. That's uh, Velasa Pastor. I want to thank Matt uh, Provenza for joining us. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, thank you for having me, gentlemen. Uh, is there anything you you want to plug or anything? That, uh... Uh, I just released a short film called Flowers by Peter. Uh, it'll be coming out this fall. I'm really excited. I had a wonderful director. Her name is Mirto Mozzi. She's a documentary filmmaker, so she went out of her comfort zone to do a fictional short film. It's a crime drama that takes place in Queens and I wrote directed I'm sorry I wrote uh acted and produced it so look for that this fall okay excellent all right sounds great all right folks we'll see you next time thank you Matt and okay, thank you mass movie flowers by Peter okay we'll see you guys next time all right. Bye. Bye.